It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. Well, good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock Eastern Time, and it is time for episode 274 of the Ron and Brian podcast. However, uh, unlike usual, not joined uh, by my partner in crime, Brian, this week. Um, I know that there have been uh, a number of rumors circulating out there as to you know why Brian uh, would not be available for this show this evening. Uh, so we will uh, we will attempt to debunk some of those uh, those uh, those rumors throughout the evening. I mean, uh, he has told me that he needed to go uh, overseas. He needed to go abroad for the weekend um, to take care of some personal matters. So I, I will trust him on that. Um, for those of you who have said that uh, he has been extradited uh, from this country for his crimes against humanity, uh, that is in fact not true. Um, I have not uh, seen any evidence of that. Uh, and also, uh, we have seen comments that the last person that anyone saw him with this past week was Chris Hansen. Again, uh, apparently also untrue. We have not been able to uh, to verify that. Uh, but as it is, it is a solo show for me here this evening. Um, hopefully, you all enjoy it. Um, hopefully, I can do at least 60 minutes this time around uh, or else face uh, the mockery from Brian uh, uh, as opposed to his hour and uh, 45 minutes of, uh, of just vague ranting that he does when he does his solo shows. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get things rolling as we often do each and every week with Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. <laughs> Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. It's kind of sad. I'm I'm used to uh, being able to watch Brian dance with me during the drink of the week theme song. And uh, there is uh, there's an emptiness. Uh, I'm not going to lie when uh, when I don't get to see him uh, break out his dance moves for drink of the week. But regardless, the show must go on. Uh, this week, I did manage to find a non-pumpkin beer uh, to uh, a fall-flavored uh, beer uh, from our good friends at Cape May Brewing Company. This is their Oktoberfest beer. It is a Marzahn-style lager, uh, rich and complex. This amber-colored lager is smooth and clean due to a cool 50-degree fermentation mellowing as it lagers. Well-balanced with a hint of hops presence, Oktoberfest is focused on the grain bill of Vienna, Munich, Kara Munich, Pilsen, and Melanoidin malts. That is quite a mix right there. It is clocking in at 5.8% alcohol by volume. Uh, drink local whenever you can from our good friends uh, over in New Jersey, uh, Cape May Brewing. This is their Oktoberfest. I mean, look at that amber body. Uh, looks delicious. Let's take a sip here. 
Oh, that's good. That is a, that is a good Oktoberfest beer. So uh, go out and support the good people at Cape May Brewing. I'm going to take another sip real quick. Hmm. Speaking of New Jersey, uh, it is uh, it is a state uh, that Brian often uh, will brag about being a resident of. Uh, but yet, at the first opportunity, um, he leaves the state of New Jersey uh, to go overseas, um, betraying not just the podcast, but his new home of the uh, the state of New Jersey. So, uh, apologies uh, not only to the podcast audience, but uh, to the entire Garden State as well. In the meantime, it's Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. So you would think the obvious uh, beef of the week would be podcast partners that betray you, that leave the country, um, that uh, don't check their calendar and let you know ahead of time um, that they're not going to be here. But uh, I w- I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be salty. Uh, I'm not going to be petty. I think we can all hopefully find it in our hearts to to forgive Brian to love Brian again. I mean, he's going to need to earn our trust. He's going to need to earn our love. And uh, hopefully he can start that uh, if he decides to return next Sunday. <clears throat> but my uh, my beef this week is actually uh, with uh, the, the burdens that are sometimes uh, placed on the shoulders uh, of us by uh, our spouses. Um, we are asked to do things that we don't uh, morally agree with, that we don't ethically agree with. And uh, I will find myself in that situation uh, next Saturday. If Brian was here, I'd say, Brian, ask me where I'm going to be uh, next Saturday at 11 a.m. And he would say, Ron, where is it you're going to be next Saturday at 11 a.m.? Well, I'll just get it out in the open now. I will be in Plymouth meeting with my wife because she has requested that I join her uh, in a viewing of the Taylor Swift concert film uh, that apparently is being released next Friday. Uh, she could not find tickets that were desirable uh, on Friday evening. Uh, so we will be going to one of the early showings on Saturday. And uh, I, I, I love my wife and I support her. We lift women up on this show. We don't, we don't drag them down. Uh, so I will be sitting next to her. Uh, watching the the Taylor Swift film, uh, which apparently is literally playing at every screen at this Plymouth meeting movie theater, um, every uh, every showing. Uh, Allie is volunteering. Uh, she volunteers a tribute to go to the uh, the Taylor Swift uh, film, and I appreciate that. But this is one of those things that you just you just have to do. Um, you know, I I know. You know, Susan, uh, she doesn't like the, the pro wrestling, but I don't make her go to it. Um, I feel maybe this is kind of payback for when I made her go see They Might Be Giants uh, down at the TLA in Philadelphia uh, prior to the pandemic. Uh, standing room only, no seats, because I thought we could still do that because we are in our 40s. Have come to find out that most definitely I need a chair when I go to a concert. Um, I need leg room. I need elbow room. Um, I need easily accessible bars and bathrooms. So I will admit, 
it was a bad call on my part many years ago. And I feel she's uh, she's finally getting back at me uh, after all these years. So, uh, but next Sunday, for all you lucky people, I will be able to give my review of the Taylor Swift concert film. Um, so that is exciting. I know you will all be waiting for that. Um, speaking of Taylor Swift, you know that we love a good conspiracy theory here on the Ron and Brian podcast. And her attendance um, at the New York Jets-Kansas City Chiefs game uh, the other week has now led to a conspiracy theory, um, as I'm sure everybody saw, because the NFL put it up on the screen so many times. Uh, on September 30th, uh, Taylor Swift was the star attraction um, at MetLife Stadium uh, as she went to watch her uh, rumored boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, uh, take on the New York Jets. Um, that was the night the celebrity box that she sat in also had Sophie Turner, uh, Hugh Jackman, Blake Lively, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Um, and uh, apparently people were saying that this is a PR stunt and that she specifically chose the New York Jets game to allegedly uh, bury the part, uh, bury reports of her CO2 emissions. Uh, thanks to SEO, if anyone researches Taylor Swift Jet right now in Google, uh, the results will point towards links, photos, and stories related to her and Kelsey attending the game and not to her use of private jets uh, to get her where she wants to go. Um, she, uh, she used, there was apparently a lot of negative reports, um, back in July of 2022, uh, a website named Yard released a list of celebrities with the worst CO2 emissions ranking. Uh, Taylor topped the list with 170 private flights from January to July. She spent 22,923 minutes in the air, which equals 15.9 full days leading to a total of 8,294 tons of emissions. It was 1,184 times more CO2 than the average person's annual emissions. Uh, pretty impressive, um, if it is true. And that's the great thing about a good conspiracy theory is there has to be that potential of it being true. Um, there has to be that potential of it being effective. Uh, but the genius is even if she didn't plan it that way, it still worked out that way. Like you literally uh, have to go to page four or five um, on Google now uh, to, uh, to get uh, any results for Taylor Swift jets other than her attendance at the, uh, at the Jets game. So well played, even if it was or wasn't intentional. Um, also well played, us, as usual, with our NFL Locks of the Week. Locks. Uh, if Brian was here, you know, obviously, I would be congratulating him on another perfect weekend. Uh, last week, he took New Orleans at home plus two and a half points against the New England Patriots. They did not need any of those points, winning the game outright uh, 34 to zero. 
And then also uh, Denver versus New York Jets. You know, Brian likes to hate on the Jets from time to time. Uh, but this time he wagered on the Jets plus three and a half against the Broncos. Again, the Jets did not need any of those points. They won the game outright as well uh, by a score of 31 to 21. Um, again, just an extremely impressive performance by Brian, uh, despite him not being here tonight. Uh, but I will give him credit for one thing, even though uh, he did not make plans to be here this evening, he did make plans to make sure that we know who his locks of the week are. Hey, Ron, I wish I could be there in person to congratulate you on another week going 2-0. and oh. You sat there, you looked at the commanders against the Bears, you sat there and said, this is an easy one. Commanders were laying five and a half. You saw right through that one. Ravens minus two and a half over the Steelers. That was a joke to you. You knew exactly what to do. How do you keep doing it, Ron? You're 10 and 0. I can tell you right now, that's what they're talking about over here. The international sensation that is Ron and your locks of the week. Just incredible. And I think, I think it's something that people will always remember you for that you went 2 and 0 this week. One day I will learn your secret. As for me, what I'm liking this week in the NFL, it's pr pretty simple over here. 49ers minus three over the Browns and Jaguars minus four and a half over the Colts. Those are my locks of the week. Cheerio. All right. Well, thank you uh, for that, Brian. Those are his locks of the week. And for me, next weekend, I like Detroit minus three at Tampa Bay and the L.A. Rams minus four and a half at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so, again, we did see Brian there. He is uh, he he does seem OK. Uh, the rumors that he needed to leave the United States uh, to get a knee replacement uh, due to the obscenely high medical costs in the United States, uh, clearly not true, as he seemed to be standing uh, fairly well uh, and enjoying whichever part of overseas that he is in. So safe travels back home whenever you decide to join us again, Brian. I know. I'm trying not to be better. I hope you all are as well. Uh, big news, obviously, over this past week was the removal of the Speaker of the House in the U.S. House of Representatives, um, flashing back to just a mere almost, uh, I guess, six months ago. Uh, it took 15 rounds of voting for Kevin McCarthy, uh, to secure his position as Speaker of the House and 269 days for him to be voted out of that position. Uh, that motion to vacate had only been voted on once before back in 1910 in a failed effort to remove Joseph Cannon, a, a Republican from Illinois, from the speakership. Now, the ironic thing is the ability for just <clears throat> excuse me one lawmaker to trigger a removal vote stemmed from a deal that McCarthy had to make with Matt Gates and other GOP hardliners to win the speaker's gavel in the first place. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week after the uh, government shutdown crisis uh, was averted that, you know, McCarthy had spent a ton of his political capital to get that uh, and obviously kind of bit him in the ass with this. Uh, the House Freedom Caucus soured on McCarthy during the negotiations to avert the government shutdown, with Representative Dan Bishop of North Carolina first telling reporters 
that he was considering bringing the motion to vacate to the floor. After getting a stopgap measure passed that extended government uh, spending for 45 days by gathering Democratic support, McCarthy faced additional criticism from members of the Freedom Caucus, and Gates introduced a motion to vacate this past Monday. Now, there was a move to table that motion. Uh, It was brought forth on Tuesday to try and stop or delay the vote. Uh, That was voted down 218 to 208. Uh, When the motion to vacate was voted on, it passed 216 to 210, uh, removing Kevin McCarthy from the seat. All House Democrats voted for the motion and were joined by Republicans Andy Biggs, Ken Buck, Tim Burchett, Eli Crane, Bob Good, Nancy Mace, Matt Rosendale, and of course, Matt Gates. Uh, so far, the only individuals to publicly announce their interests in the position are Jim Jordan, who has since been endorsed by Donald Trump, and House Majority Leader Steve Scalise. Uh, McCarthy has said that he won't run for speaker again, but does currently plan to run for re-election uh, to his House seat. And yes, it was uh, it was uh, how many days? 200 and how many days? Uh, it was 269 days ago. Nice. Thank you for the uh, for the comment, Billy. Um, I'm not quite sure why the House Democrats felt this was a, a good idea. Um, I know they were they were upset that uh, that you know McCarthy had apparently made some promises to Joe Biden that they felt that he went back on during this government shutdown negotiation. Uh, but you know, I don't know who they felt would be a better person to have in that role. Certainly don't think Jim Jordan is a better person. Um, uh, Steve Scalise, you know, also part of uh, the MAGA Republican side. Um, So it it really seems like Democrats voted against the best interests uh, of their own party, as they do. And really, at the end of the day, uh, not quite sure that this is a benefit for the country as well, because, you know, now the work of the people needs to stop while they have to now fight over who's going to get uh, that speakership um, and there'll be votes going on this week. I believe Wednesday, they said, would be the earliest. Um, GOP House members now want to change the rules around this motion to vacate uh, to make sure that a small number of renegades don't have that amount of leverage that we saw this past week. Uh, And Matt Gates has indicated that he is willing to negotiate on that point. Uh, As part of that conversation, Democratic Representative Ro Khanna laid out a five-point program of reforms um, that he'd like to try and get pushed through. One is to ban money from lobbyists and uh, PACs to congressional uh, candidates. Uh, Two is to ban members of Congress from trading stocks and ever becoming lobbyists. Uh, Term limits for members of Congress. Term limits for Supreme Court justices and an ethics code for Supreme Court justices. Um, in response to this uh, this program being laid out, Gates tweeted, how high would you like the uh, motion to vacate threshold to be? Because I'll basically give you whatever you want on the MTV for this stuff. Uh, now, the, the hang up there is that any term limits for Congress and for Supreme Court justices uh, can only be changed uh, based on a constitutional amendment, but you know, could there be other parts of that plan that get enacted? We'll see. A lot of people are, you know, saying that the the Democrats like a lot of these but can't get them through. But 
again, if the Democrats and the uh, the House Freedom Caucus was able to agree on some some points, maybe we can uh, we can get this uh, get this pushed through. I, I feel term limits on a lot of these uh, these positions uh, for Congress and for Supreme Court justices are justified. I mean, it is you know we are not the the same people that we were when the founding fathers wrote the constitution and wrote all of these laws and these rules. I mean, if you go back to 1776, you know, the average life expectancy back then uh, was 35 years old. So I I don't know that they ever envisioned um, having senators that were 90 years old and still serving, uh, having presidents that were 80 years old and still serving. I mean, you know, back when when the the Constitution was written, you know, basically it was, you know, uh, farmers would go, they would serve in Congress for four years, six years, eight years, and then go back home to work on the farm till they died of tuberculosis at like 42. Uh, So, again, I don't know that it's necessarily relevant relevant that you can keep running over and over and over again. You know, they had the foresight to limit uh, the president to two terms. Why can't we limit um, the other uh, divisions of government uh, for their term limits as well? Who knows? Who knows? Um, So we will keep following up on that. I'm sure come next weekend, uh, if we have a Speaker of the House elected by then, uh, we will talk about it. I say we, assuming that, you know, Brian is uh, actually going to return and and join me here on this podcast again. Uh, But we'll see. You know, everything's really up in the air. Um, Another rumor to debunk, um, he did not leave the country to go over um, and assist Hamas uh, with their attack on Israel. Uh, But that was also big news over this weekend. Uh, It started Saturday morning around 6.30 a.m. in Israel uh, when the first uh, sirens started to warn of incoming rockets in central and southern Israel. Um, Hamas fired uh, what would end up being thousands of rockets at Israel, striking even major cities like Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Um, At around 7.40 Saturday morning, the Israeli Defense Forces confirmed that Hamas fighters crossed from Gaza into southern Israel. Um, The Israeli authorities asked residents of those towns uh, to hide in their homes. Uh, And then at 8.15 a.m., very rare air raid sirens went off in Jerusalem, uh, which rarely gets hit by rockets because of the Iron Dome defense system that Israel uses. Uh, Rumor is that Hamas was actually using paragliders uh, to to go over uh, and uh, evade the Iron Dome defense system. Uh, No confirmation, but that's what they're saying. Unclear if any rockets hit the center of the city, uh, but witnesses said that rockets had landed in the wooded hills on the city's western edge. Um, After two hours after the first air raid sirens, it was evident that Hamas had taken hostages in in southern Israel and fired more waves of rockets. Um, Israel declared a state of alert for war. Uh, And then about two hours later, Israeli fighter jets started to strike their first targets in Gaza. Uh, At 12.21, Israeli uh, military sent troops into southern Israel to reclaim towns taken by Hamas militants. Um, And then at 1.46, Israel said that it struck all 21 buildings that they were aware of that housed Hamas military operations. Uh, More than 40 hours after militants uh, from Gaza surged across the border. Uh, 
Israel's military said its forces were still battling gunmen on Israeli territory. At least 700 Israelis are believed to have been killed and more than 413 Palestinians are dead. Um, there has been a lot of conjecture, you know, with Israel having uh, the defense forces that they do, the Iron Dome system. You know, how did Hamas get the information uh, that they had that was clearly evident um, for them to evade a lot of these defenses and help coordinate their attack? Um, a lot of people are saying that they got that information from Iran and then Iran got that information from Russia. Um, and, you know, where did Russia get that information from? Well, a lot of people are saying that you know, the the uh, the confidential files, the top secret files that were found at Mar-a-Lago um, potentially could have contained secrets about Israeli defenses. Um, so that has led to another conspiracy theory, um, which, uh, again, could have some legs to it. Uh, but I figured I'd play the video because this is nobody dies like me on TikTok. He explains it a little bit better than I can. I want to talk about this, but I don't know how without sounding like a conspiracy theorist because I fucking hate conspiracy theories. I don't buy into them, but I'm going to tell you something that I remember. First, a quick recap. It is being reported that the terrorist group Hamas has committed a surprise attack out of Gaza, gunning down over 250 civilians and over 1,500 have been wounded. Of course, developments are still ongoing in this entire thing. But so far, it's been a surprise to everyone how Hamas has been able to circumvent the defenses that Israel has. And according to V, they say it's assumed that that information was given to Hamas by Iran. Iran would have been given that information by Russia. And the question is, who told Russia? I don't know if you all remember back in August of last year when Donald Trump was being searched at Mar-a-Lago. And among those documents that Donald Trump had was listed in the media as the defense information and nuclear capabilities of one of our allies. And for months afterward, all over the media, and especially TikTok, I heard people familiar with classified information say that they could almost guarantee that that information was on Israel. This is where it's going to turn into a bad movie. Because now that we have no Speaker of the House, and the House has no one to help designate aid going to Ukraine... Who would it benefit if all of a sudden the U.S. had to send all of its energy and its money and its aid and its weapons to Israel and therefore would not give any to Ukraine? It would heavily benefit Vladimir Putin so that he could conquer Ukraine and then move on to a NATO country and start World War III. But if this opens up a new problem for the United States to have to devote time and aid and weapons to Israel, Ukraine is going to be left behind and Russia is going to storm in there and World War III will be close behind. Uh, so a cheery thought <clears throat> for this Sunday evening. Um, but again, you have to wonder what kind of validity there is uh, to that way of thinking. Um, you know, I, I think World War Three, you know, might be a bit extreme. But then again, with the way, you know, the world is going, who's to say? Um, so we'll have to we'll keep following that. We'll see what other uh, news outlets are saying about that. You know, who loves a good conspiracy theory uh, is Brian. 
But unfortunately, Brian's not with us this weekend. He has he has uh, he has betrayed us. Uh, um, you know, no truth uh, to the rumor that he uh, he bolted from his uh, group tour of the DMZ and ran into North Korea, uh, shredding his uh, clothes off his body uh, while screaming about Daddy Kim Jong Un. No truth to that. I, I know. Again, you know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of inaccurate information out there, and uh, I think we all know Brian uh, a little bit better than that. Um, Almost forgot to do story of the week. You know, Brian not being here, throwing me off my game. But we always love to find a story that just speaks to us, that just speaks to our hearts. And uh, and we bring it to the table to make sure that it does not get missed. Um, for this one, um, again, going to New Jersey. New Jersey delivering the goods this week from Liberty Township. Um, a New Jersey man is facing several charges after authorities say he intentionally crashed his vehicle into a police station, all while blasting Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. Now, there is a video of him crashing into uh, the police station. Unfortunately, it was all caught on camera. The song was not. But we said the man intentionally drove his car into the building. The suspect now faces charges including terrorism, which carries a maximum sentence of life in prison. Authorities say he previously crashed his car into the garage of another home. So uh, just great video there. Just gets out first, holding his fingers up high triumphantly and then, you know, giving up to the cops. The funny thing is the cops, if you watch the video and again, if you're listening to the podcast, I apologize, but you really should be tuning in live or at the very least watching this on our YouTube channel. Um, the police just kind of walk out and are just like, all right, this dude drove into our uh, into our police department. Definitely, uh, definitely expected that. Definitely not surprised that he did that. Uh, so uh, the man identified as John Hargreaves um, uh, was arrested. Obviously, um, as they mentioned, um, he intentionally crashed his SUV into a garage door of a home, also in Liberty Township, um, and again faces several serious charges. Uh, including terrorism, which carries a maximum sentence of life in prison. Gotta love New Jersey. I thought Brian loved New Jersey, but he betrayed New Jersey, just like he betrayed the rest of us. Again, I feel like I'm getting hung up on some of this stuff, so I will uh, I will try and and just kind of plow forward and and not think about it. Um, going out to Wisconsin uh, for an interesting story this past week, a man illegally brought a loaded handgun into the Wisconsin Capitol, demanding to see Governor Tony Evers and returned at night with an assault rifle after posting bail. Uh, so the man, who was shirtless and had a holstered handgun, approached the governor's office on the first floor of the Capitol around 2 p.m. Wednesday. Uh, he was demanding to see the governor, who apparently was not in the building at the time. Uh, the man was taken into custody for openly carrying a firearm in the Capitol, which is against the law. Uh, weapons can be brought into the Capitol if they are concealed and the person has a valid permit. Uh, but this individual, who has not been named, uh, did not have a concealed carry permit. 
Uh, he was booked into Dane County Jail, but later posted bail and then returned to the outside of the Capitol shortly before 9 p.m., three hours after the building closed with a loaded assault-style rifle and a collapsible police baton in his backpack. Um, he again demanded to see the governor and was taken into custody. And I think if that just maybe doesn't encapsulate the issues of mental illness and gun control in this country, uh, I don't know what does. But uh, this individual um, was uh, held uh, on more charges and was also uh, put away for some psychi psychological testing and evaluation. Um, hopefully he will get the, he will get the help he needs. But just again, you get bailed out and then you go back and uh, you just decide, yeah. I'll bring my shotgun this time and it collapsed all the time. Good times. Good times have by all. Uh, took a beating on Twitter this week uh, when they tweeted out some congratulations to, uh, that's just a small picture right there. But uh, they tweeted out uh, congratulations to Catalin Corico and Drew Weissman on their Nobel, Nobel Prize in medicine for their work in MRNA. Um, it quickly, uh, readers added context to this tweet in that in 1995, UPenn gave an ultimatum to Kariko due to her lack of finding funding for her research. They told her that she can take a demotion and a pay cut or leave. Uh, quote, it was particularly horrible as that same week I had just been diagnosed with cancer, said Kariko. I was facing two operations and my husband, who had gone back to Hungary to pick up uh, his green card had got stranded there because of some visa issue, meaning he couldn't come back for six months. I was really struggling, and then they told me this. Uh, she finally left Penn for BioNTech back in 2013 after Penn refused to reinstate her to tenure track following the publications that would lead to the Nobel Prize, deeming her, quote, not of faculty quality. Uh, so she wasn't of faculty quality, but uh, apparently... Uh, when she was ra uh, recognized on a world stage, um, that was enough for UPenn to, you know, try and uh, try and claim uh, her her accomplishments. And uh, thankfully, they were ratioed and dragged appropriately um, on Twitter. Um, and shockingly, they have still left the tweet up as people continue to beat up on UPenn in every other tweet they have on their Twitter account, or excuse me, their X account. Um, a woman is suing Disney. Uh, Emma McGinnis visited the Typhoon Lagoon Park in 2019 and claims that she suffered severe injuries on the Humunga Kawabunga slide. Uh, McGinnis was celebrating her 30th birthday with a ride on the aquatic attraction. Uh, it's a five-story drop into a pool when, quote, she became airborne and she was slammed downward against the slide, according to her lawsuit. The suit said that her clothing was, quote, forced between her legs in a painful wedgie, and that water was violently forced inside of her. The pain continued after landing in the pool, and as she stood up, blood began rushing from between her legs. McGinnis was hospitalized for permanent bodily injury and vaginal lacerations. Uh, the complaint further stated that her bowel protruded, quote, through her abdominal wall in a hernia. 
uh, filed by attorney Alan Wagner on behalf of McGinnis and her husband. The complaint accuses Disney of negligence, alleging that it does not warn women of their increased risk of injury from the 214-foot ride, quote, because of their particular anatomy, the risk of injury for a woman is far greater than it is for a man, um, and she is seeking at least $50,000 in damages. Uh, on its website, uh, Disney World calls the Humunga Kawabunga, quote, the ride of your life, promising to give visitors a surprise ending. And that uh, is most certainly what Ms. McGinnis uh, seemed to get. Uh, apparently, uh, the ride uh, operators need to enforce the fact that if you are going down the Humunga Kawabunga ride, you need to cross your legs um, at the ankles and hold them because apparently the force of the drop um, can uh, basically push your bowel through your abdominal wall. This is why I don't like theme parks. I, I, I don't go. I mean, number one, I don't like crowds. I don't like people. Um, I don't like hot weather. I don't like standing in line. Uh, but most of all, I like my bowels being right where they are. Like, I really enjoy them uh, just being, you know, tucked in my abdomen, safe, you know, not having to worry about them. That is chef's kiss, 100% uh, what I'm into. Um, coming up later this month, friend of the podcast, Dave Hill, uh, has his new book release coming out. Um, it is now available for pre-order in the U.S., Canada, and everywhere. Uh, fine quality books are released. Uh, when he appeared on our podcast back in, uh, I want to say May, um, he talked a little bit uh, about his book. Um, so we're going to take a little Ron and Brian flashback right now. The book is called The Awesome Game. And there's a subtitle, but I, I don't have it in front of me and I can't even, uh, I haven't committed it because the reason it's not in my brain is because... I'll tell you. Let, I could look it up. The reason is because we kept changing it a little bit. Um, and that's why I don't have it committed to memory. But it's called The Awesome Game. And it's about hockey. And it will be out October. It's about hockey and, you know, hockey adjacent topics. There's a bit of memoir in it. There's a bit of travelogue. But there's mostly hockey. There's a lot of hockey. And uh, it's an amazing book, as you can imagine. And uh, I went all over the world. I went to Kenya. There's a team there called the Kenya Ice Lions. I played with them. They're now dear friends. I'm going to go back. Um, and uh, and um, so that's out October 17th. Penguin Random House, Doubleday Canada. will be putting it out in Canada. And then, and I'm, I think other countries, I, I have to look, I should know, I should know some more details than I'm giving you, but in America, it's going to be Triumph Books is publishing it. So this is my first time having multiple publishers um, uh, as part of the global assault of my, usually I've just had one in the past and uh so yeah, it's going to be cool, and um, I'll I'll do some appearances as part of it. Um, uh, all in America and Canada, and then uh, I'm finishing up. Uh, and and it's a great. If you love hockey, you'll love the book. And if you 
don't love hockey, you'll love the book. And if you don't even like sports, you'll love, love the, the book. book. Yes. Because I don't, I, this is a dangerous thing to say as a man who has just completed a book about hockey. I don't like sports. I, I like sports singular and that sport is hockey. And so the book is just kind of about um, what's drawn me to this magical sport uh, throughout my life and why I agree with people that don't like sports that most sports suck. And uh, I talk about all this in the book and uh, yeah, football fans will be offended by what I have to say in this book. Baseball fans, very offended. No, I, I don't, I don't, you know, give anyone shit for liking these other sports. But my point is that hockey is the superior sport. All right. So again, friend of the podcast, Dave Hill. Um, so uh, also, if you go on his website, uh, he was offering uh, signed copies of his book uh, available for pre-order. Um, for those of you who may have forgotten what Brian looked like, hopefully you appreciated um, seeing him or or hearing his voice. Um, that was uh, that's back when Brian used to participate um, in the Ron and Brian podcast. Um, so a lot a lot of a lot of throwbacks there, a lot of memories going back there. Um, and again, a lot of rumors going around. Um, a lot of people uh, heard that he had been hired as a twenty four seven dog whisperer uh, at the White House to stop Commander Biden. Uh, from biting uh, the White House staff and, and Secret Service uh, officials. Uh, again, not true. <clears throat> and even if it was, it would appear um, that he would uh, already be out of a job. Um, Commander, the two-year-old German Shepherd, um, who has been at times more conflict animal than a comfort animal, has uh, been dispatched, uh, I mean, I guess to a farm. Uh, probably not Camp David, uh, but uh, he apparently uh, was a, was an aggressive animal. Um, there was a conservative watchdog organization this past summer that said that they had under uncovered reports of at least 10 instances of uh, aggressive behavior. Uh, two people who had been briefed on the matter but did not want to be identified said that the real total is more than like two or three dozen. Um, one previously reported biting incident in which a Secret Service officer required hospital treatment uh, was so bad that it spilled blood on the floor. Um, again, don't blame the dog, blame the trainer. Um, but uh, so Commander will no longer be roaming the halls of the White House. Um, I mean, you know, you know me, I'm a dog lover. Uh, I'm not going to blame the dog. I'm going to blame uh, the people. Uh, going out to Colorado, um, there was uh, a disturbing story that uh, started to unravel this past week. There's still more information, I think, yet to come out, uh, but it involves a funeral home called the Return to Nature Funeral Home. Uh, there is an investigation into more than 115 bodies found improperly stored uh, in this funeral home. Uh, it's a funeral home that apparently offers, quote, green burials. Um, the remains were found, uh, like we said, in the Return to Nature funeral home in Penrose, Colorado, which is about 30 miles south of Colorado Springs. Uh, the coroner's office was contacted by the Fremont County Sheriff on a report of an odor coming from the funeral home uh, after receiving a warrant 
Uh, they searched the building to find the bodies, quote, improperly stored, which had created a hazardous scene. Uh, Fremont County Sheriff Alan Cooper described the scene as, quote, horrific. Uh, authorities searched an area of more than 2,500 square feet. Um, the funeral home offers, as they say, green burials, which is uh, burials without embalming fluid in a biodegradable casket uh, or nothing at all. Literally just take your dead body and throw it in a hole in the ground. Much like if you were to bury a dog. Um, just throw the body in there. Uh, the company also operates a facility in Colorado Springs. Uh, it previously offered cremation services, but stopped in July 2023, uh, probably due to uh, CO2 emissions. Uh, didn't want to uh, get the same reputation online that Taylor Swift did. Um, no arrests have been made yet. Um, it is unclear um, as if any crimes have been committed, but you know, improper handling of a corpse is a crime, and it, it seems like they're teeing that up. Um, the Colorado Bureau of Investigation and the FBI are assisting the Fremont County Sheriff's Office with the investigation. You know who likes a good? Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do the Brian joke again. I'm just gonna try and get through this episode uh, without you know beating up on him anymore. But we will beat up on the state of Florida because that is. Um, one of those states that we we just love to uh, to beat on. There was uh, recently a baby tossing story from Florida uh, where two women were arrested in Florida um, after aggressively handling a baby um, and tossing it back and forth, uh, according to spectators, like a toy. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not good with kids, but I know I know that's wrong. Uh, 20-year-old Sierra Newell and 19-year-old Brianna Lafoe were aggressively handling the child, uh, throwing him in the air and flipping him upside down, according to an affidavit uh, obtained by Scripps News. Police were able to confirm the abuse of the baby from a video taken by a witness uh, who was struck by one of the women. Police said the footage showed the baby aggressively swung up and down, shaken by the ankles, and thrown back and forth across a four-foot distance over a concrete street, uh, according to the same affidavit. Uh, we're now going to throw things over to Ron and Brian, Florida correspondent Luana Munoz. The witnesses, people told the women to stop tossing the baby. Just tossing it and started recording the incident on their phones. That's when witnesses say the woman with the baby got more aggressive. And so in return, she started throwing the baby a little bit more aggressive, in my opinion. This video angle then shows the woman with the baby walking up to the person recording her and hitting them. And then what she did that really surprised me, then she put the baby upside down and it was like, hold up, like this is getting way too far. According to the arrest affidavit, the woman held the baby by its ankles and shook the baby. All of this happening over hard concrete. So, uh, I mean, it, it's Florida, folks. Uh, the child was taken to a local hospital uh, with red marks on its back. Uh, X-ray results showed signs of a possible broken arm. Uh, both women face child abuse charges. Uh, Lafoe is also facing a misdemeanor battery charge and is being held on $3,500 bond. Uh, jail records show Newell has been released. So apparently uh, you can be underage, drunk in public, tossing a baby around um, and uh, get out of jail relatively easily. 
Um, also taking place in Florida this past week, federal authorities have arrested a 77-year-old man for allegedly buying more than $1,800 in erectile dysfunction drugs without a prescription and intending to sell them in the massive Central Florida retirement community called the Villages and elsewhere. Uh, he was actually arrested in the Villages, uh, where he lives alongside nearly 80,000 full-time residents. Uh, which was featured in the 2020 documentary, Some Kind of Heaven. The defendant, who has not yet been named, has pled not guilty to the misdemeanor charge and agreed to have his case heard before a magistrate judge instead of a jury. If convicted, he faces up to a year of fe in federal prison and a fine of up to $10,000. Well, again, and I, I wasn't going to say it, but I think we all know Brian is a big fan of erectile dysfunction pills, although he goes more blue chew and uh, and he does uh, acquire them legally. So we have to give him uh, we have to give him credit for that. I'm, I'm not going to uh, I'm going to give credit where credit's due, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, so, uh, Brian, I, I hope your erection is doing fine uh, wherever you are. I think we all can can get behind that. Um I'm sure a lot of people have seen the story this past week about the Airbnb squatter out in California. Um, we've got a photo of the two people involved. Uh, so it is a legal dispute uh, between Sacha Jovanovic on the right and Elizabeth Hirschhorn on the left. Hirschhorn has continued to stay at Jovanovic's $3.8 million property in Brentwood even though her stay was supposed to end in April of 2022. Uh, Hirschhorn, who has lived at Jovanovic's guest house overlooking LA for the last year and a half, has argued that she has a right to stay. Her attorney, Colin Walshock, said Hirschhorn does not have to pay rent because as provided by law, the unit was never formally approved for occupancy and the rental contains an unpermitted shower. That's really the one thing everyone's kind of been uh, pointing fingers at this lady, but this rich guy decides to just build a guest house on his property, uh, doesn't get permits from it, doesn't get it zoned, uh, doesn't get anything approved, and and then decides to just start renting it out. Um, ironically, Hirschhorn qualified for protections under LA's new rent stabilization ordinance because she has stayed at the property for more than six months. Uh, a judge has so far dismissed an eviction lawsuit filed by Jovanovic, ruling that under the new law, Jovanovic must have a legal reason to evict Hershorn or else pay for relocation assistance. Uh, a city housing investigator also told Jovanovic that given the permitting issues with the unit, he had to withdraw his eviction notices uh, until he could prove the guest house was in compliance with building code. Airbnb confirmed Hirschhorn's account has since been deleted, but that because the agreement to extend the stay did not occur on the booking platform, uh, the company considers the situation a third-party matter. You know Airbnb just loved washing their hands of that situation the first chance that they could. Um, Jovanovic offered $2,000 to Hirschhorn uh, to assist her with moving expenses uh, wherever she may want to go. Uh, she, in turn, countered by asking him for $100,000 to leave the guest house. And the lawyer, her lawyer, rightfully so, is just unapologetic about it. Like, he basically, you fucked up, um, and it is going to cost uh, $100,000 uh, 
to make my client go away. So, uh, so good for her. I mean, normally we are not, we are not fans of squatters here, uh, but he seems like a shitty individual in and of itself. And so um, I'm okay with this. I would think Brian would be okay with it too. I'm not going to speak for him, uh, but since he's not here, I will. Um, my goodness, it's, it's a lot of pressure trying to do more than, than 57, 58 minutes. We have made it to 52. Um, I do have a bunch of, uh, of stories still to get to. So hopefully uh, you are going to stick around for a few more minutes uh, while I try to get to them before we wrap things up here. Um, I thought this week that I was going to have a story um, that would that would finally show that drag queens are the problem because that is one of our more popular segments, but the drag queens are the problem. Uh, unfortunately, all I could find is uh, yet another public official um, causing trouble. Uh, this being a police officer uh, in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, this mugshot right here is from, let me find this guy's name, Joel Womachill. Um, he, uh, recently had 34 total counts of child sex crime charges filed against him. Uh, he is a former Kansas police chief, uh, El Dorado police on August 15th arrested him after receiving a tip from the national center for missing and exploited children. Uh, he was the police chief for Burns, Kansas. Uh, the town's mayor confirmed that he resigned last month after his arrest. Uh, court records show that he is facing charges on 24 counts of sexual exploitation of a child and 10 counts of aggravated internet training, or excuse me, internet trading in child pornography. Um, court documents show a recent request to raise Womachill's bond from $100,000 to $250,000. Uh, in the state's motion to modify Womachill's bond, the prosecution said that it, quote, amended its information to include several off-grid charges and several more possessions for child pornography. But again, uh, it is the drag queens uh, that are the problem. Uh, another popular segment uh, that we get to from time to time here is a little something that uh, that we like to call uh, fuck around and find out. Um, it is always enjoyable uh, when we get to uh, to highlight uh, another social media influencer out there. Uh, one by the name of I Show Speed uh, has a YouTube channel um, and he was apparently attempting to uh, do an experiment called the elephant toothpaste experiment. Um, it is uh, basically you form a foamy substance due to a reaction between hydrogen peroxide and iodine in water. Uh, apparently what I show speed did not realize um, is that um, it also causes uh, a, a very noxious gas to be released. So he, uh, he tried this experiment on his YouTube uh, channel um, it starts to foam over. He doesn't think it's working. And then again, this is why you really need to, to watch live or watch on the YouTube channel. As the, uh, the experiment starts to move along, you see the white smoke starting to billow from this, uh, this elephant toothpaste experiment. Oh my God. What the fuck? Oh my fucking God. It's not doing it. Wait, yo. Oh my God. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
Ah! Oh my then God. he can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. So uh, thankfully, uh, his uh, his videographer slips with a Z uh, was later able to confirm on the YouTube channel um, that uh, he was okay. Uh, fire department had to come and give him oxygen, uh, but thankfully, uh, no severe damage was done to his lungs. Um, this isn't the first time uh, that the fire department had to be called uh, due to uh, I Love Speed's antics. Uh, during uh, Fourth of July celebrations last year, uh, he almost uh, set his room on fire after lighting a Pikachu firecracker on his YouTube uh, live stream. So uh, just uh, a fun a fun fact, don't uh, mix hydrogen peroxide and iodine uh, in a room with no windows, uh, doors closed in. Uh, don't mix bleach. I mean, people, you almost don't feel bad for people. I mean, I know I don't feel bad for people when um, they don't have a basic knowledge of chemistry and then almost kill themselves. I mean, is that wrong? Is that wrong of me to say? Perhaps. Um, Allie asking the real questions. Uh, what am I watching? Um, I didn't watch a ton this week. Um, I did, uh, I'm continuing to watch Invasion on Apple TV. Um, still showing to be a very good show. Um, I watched the uh, the end of Encounters, um, uh, the final uh, fourth episode about UFO encounters. I would say the fourth episode was the weakest of the uh, the four. And I also attempted to watch the uh, the documentary on who killed uh, Jill Dando, who was a a BBC uh, commentator uh, presenter uh, back in. I want to say it was the 2000s, uh, but it was uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't that entertaining. It really seemed like it's a three episode docu series, um, and it really seemed like one that could be wrapped up in one episode. And they just really felt like they just needed to drag it out um, as long as humanly possible. Um, I'm a little disappointed in myself because I know season two of Loki is now available on uh, on Disney TV. Um, and I have not gone to watch it yet. Uh, season one was was amazing. Um, so I'm very excited to watch season two. And hopefully uh, I will get uh, some episodes in by uh, next weekend's episode. I did rewatch uh, the movie The Mist based on the book by Stephen King. Um, I think it came out in 2007, 2008. Um, still one of the... Uh, one of the better adaptations of a Stephen King book uh, and still one of the darkest endings to a movie that I think you will see. Um, I'm not going to say spoiler alert because the movie has been out for 15 years. So if you haven't watched it yet, that's on you. Uh, but basically, if you don't know the premise of the movie, this mist covers a small town. There are creatures uh, inside the mist uh, that just kill anyone that's out there. And so the whole story kind of revolves around these people trapped in a uh, supermarket Eventually, uh, a group of five of them um, get into manage to get to uh, the one character's car and try to drive out of town. Um, they run out of gas. And they're still trapped in the mist, and they think you know the world's over. It's uh, the the main character, his son, and three other people. He's got a gun with four bullets in it, and they all realize like they feel like their life's over. So he says, "Well, 
I'll figure out a way to, to finish myself off. And he shoots and kills the other four people in the car, including his son. And like literally within five minutes, uh, the mist starts to clear and uh, the military comes through uh, with survivors. So just, I mean, the, the, the ending of the book was, was not as dark. So they really took the movie to uh, like a whole new level without a question. So if you've not watched uh, The Mist, um, you can either not because I've, I've given up the ending to you. Uh, but it is good now that it's, uh, it's, it's you know, spooky season. Um, I also saw a preview. They have a horror movie on Peacock uh, called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It, it is a literal story about Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, uh, who apparently uh, terrorized Christopher Robin uh, and a group of other people. Um, apparently, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, very upset that Christopher Robin grew up and moved away from a hundred acre wood. So it looks bad enough to be good, uh, but I don't know um, that I can I can actually sit through it. Maybe I'll make Brian sit through it. Maybe that will be Brian's punishment um, for for not being here uh, this past week. Um, again, he is overseas. I will tell you, he's in London. He uh, he decided to just take a little a little jaunt across the pond um and you know uh has some stuff to do over there so that's fine you know he he likes to call himself a man of the people but he moves to the upwardly mobile suburb of west new york new jersey um he leaves people behind in the five bureau in the five boroughs and then it's just like yeah i'll just jump over to to london for a long weekend and then i'll come back and then you know i'll just pick up on the podcast whatever I know. I said, yeah, uh, exactly, Janelle. Thanks for the invite. I mean, with with the kind of uh, money that Brian pulls down um, working on Wall Street, um, you would think that he could take all of his friends along, maybe charter a private jet, just something along those lines. But instead, um, he leaves us behind. Um, he leaves me, his, his podcast partner, behind and just kind of does his own thing. That's just that's uh, just the way it is. Uh, a couple more stories to get to here. Um, this next one is a, a New York City college student uh, sentenced to a year in a Dubai prison. Um, this is this photo here. Uh, this is Elizabeth Polanco de los Santos. Uh, she is a student at Lehman College in the Bronx. Um, she was handed her sentence on Monday uh, in the United Arab Emirates uh, for allegedly assaulting and insulting an airport security guard during a flight connection in Dubai over the summer. Uh, she had spent nearly three months effectively trapped in Dubai with a travel ban issued against her. Um, she apparently lost about $50,000 in expenses and lawyer's costs because she had to pay for her own hotel stay while she was unable to leave Dubai. Um, her ordeal began on July 14th uh, as she and a friend were heading home to New York from a vacation in Istanbul. Um, their initial itinerary um, had them connecting home through Paris, and but they changed the flight to transfer in Dubai so they could see the famous city uh, during a 10-hour layover. Um, while passing through security, Dubai airport staff requested that Los Santos remove a waist compressor she was required to wear after a recent surgery. Um, shown to a private booth, female staff members removed the compressor, but Los Santos's mother uh, said that the the uh, 
The staff members were rough and hurt her daughters, still healing surgery scars. Um, Santo said that she gently touched her arm to guide the uh, employee away from the scars um, and then started crying to her friend for help. Uh, she was then detained uh, as a security guard, filed a complaint against her, and she wasn't allowed to leave until she signed a form written in Arabic. Uh, when she returned to the airport later to catch her flight of the New York, uh, she was informed of the travel ban filed against her and forced to remain in the country until charges were heard against her. Um, after she had to stay in hotels for weeks, a judge allowed her to pay uh, about 2,700 U.S. and leave, but Dubai prosecutors appealed the ruling, and she was finally sentenced to a year in prison on Monday. Uh, seems excessive. Um, the U.S. State Department uh, did not respond immediately to requests for comments, but did say in a statement that they are aware of the detention of a U.S. citizen, uh, of a US citizen in Dubai. Um, don't go to Dubai. Don't go to the Middle East. Again, I think the only thing I dislike more than theme parks is traveling abroad. And this is why. I think there are some countries that we're on good terms with. I think there are a number of countries that we're not on good terms with. I don't know why uh, people feel the need to go to like North Korea, South Korea, um, Iran, Iraq. Uh, just seems like a bad idea. Just seems like there are safer places you can go. Look at that. I'm not even able to finish my beer um, during this uh, during this broadcast uh, because, you know, I got to do all the talking because Brian just couldn't be bothered with being here. Um, well, I did more than an hour. I promised Brian I would do that. Uh, but we're going to get ready to wrap things up here. Uh, just a reminder, we are now on Cameo. At the very least, you know you'll get a video from me. I can't speak to my partner, but if you're interested in getting any kind of cameo from us, we are at cameo.com forward slash Ron Bryan podcast 8939. Um, as we've mentioned before, we're giving away some free cameos so people can try it out. So go to Cameo, um, make the request. It's only $10 to make the request, and uh, we will reimburse you for that $10. So we just want to get some traction on this thing. That's all we're looking for is just a little traction. And then uh, normally, we would be going to After Dark after this uh, for our Patreon subscribers. Uh, and if you are not a Patreon subscriber, um, go to ronandbryanpodcast.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, you can join for as little as $5 a month. But for $10 a month or higher, um, you can join us on our weekly After Dark episode, which normally starts at 930 uh, with Brian being AWOL. Um, we did have to cancel that. Um, and we will we will start back up again next week. So apologies to our Patreon subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed, this rarely, rarely happens. So I, I would still encourage you to go um, and sign up and uh, join us next Sunday uh, for our After Dark. So uh, to Brian, we miss you. We love you. Safe travels back to the States. Um, don't get detained anywhere on the way back. I don't want to have to do uh, another solo show anytime soon. For those that join this evening, thank you for, for watching. Thank you for participating. Thank you for uh, lifting my spirits and my burden a little bit. Um, so everybody have a great week, and we will catch you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube. 
Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.